This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. It's our weekly chat with Luds, two-time Stanley Cup champ. Always having some fun with Luds. And last Saturday night, I was privileged to attend the Stars alumni game versus SMU. What a terrific fundraiser it was in Farmer's Branch and... Someone needs to talk to the coaches because my man Craig Ludwig was getting some time on ice like Miro Heiskanen on Saturday night. How are you, Luds? Uh, <laughs> I'm recovered. I had a game yesterday afternoon and got another one tonight. So uh, we're uh, it, the next day, you know, always uh, actually surprising. It's uh, For me, it's always the second. It's kind of like the drinking thing, you know, like uh, we used to we used to say all the time when we were playing is, you know, if you go out a little late the, the night before or after a game, uh, like let's say it's on a Thursday, you come to practice on Friday and it's, you know, normal. It always hits you the second day for whatever reason it is. And so I, my philosophy is just let the ne- second day never come. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but you know what? I'm, I, I'm luckier because I, I guess, you know, compared to a couple other guys that are out there and I know that <laughs> a couple other ones were, were hurting as a matter of fact, the youngest guy of the bunch, Alex Hemsky, didn't even make it through the That's first right. period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, I'm just hoping he's recovered. As a matter of fact, Alex is going to play. We're playing that. Uh, we're going to play the Edmonton Oilers yeah. alumni club yeah. after the Stars game here. Uh, what is that? Two weeks from now. But uh, Hemsky's playing for, for Edmonton for crying out loud. So um, now in a way, I hope he's not recovered. Right. Yeah. Some quality uh, chirping as he changes uh, sides, but it was yeah, it was fun to watch you, and um, I, I have to say it was really funny because you know you're playing young college kids, and there was a two on one, and the calmness in which you broke it up, basically, you know, two on one, and you just stayed with the passer and said, "Go ahead, shoot." I got the angle. I mean, because some of these kids, you know, they were fast and they were making a lot of moves and everything, but just the calmness of Craig Ludwig, I'm like, man, that mind has not changed. And uh, we were talking about it afterwards, and he's like, you see that? I played it right. You did, man. You well, it's I. That's what I try to teach daily <laughs> to to our guys, and I try to get our guys to you, – you ought to take that, clip it, and send it to uh, that big team up the road maybe once in a while. Oof. But um, anyway, that you know what? The, the philosophy, I think, is different now. Um, and th- there are there are defensemen that I watch. Um, we're talking in the you know the most important league, and they play it that way. And, and generally, that's the way you play it. And I think that – and you'll see that those are the teams where the goalies have a pretty good save percentage. And, uh, you know, because, again, as you call it, in front of the goaltender, once you get down below the tops of the circles or so that they, 
whoever coined it the royal road but um basically passes that are allowed to go from from one side of the goaltender to the other side um after a certain area when you're down in front of the in front of the goaltender atop the crease or just a little bit above it it's like 60 some percent that go in and when you don't allow it to go across it's i think it's in the 30s so you know, and I said this before, I, I just think there's always got to be a relationship between defensemen or whoever that may be. Um, and the goaltender, knowing that when you get to a certain point, and I try to teach our guys, once you get around the faceoff dots, those passes, you know, you want your goaltender to be able to come out and challenge and cut the angle down. He's got to have the confidence to to know that you're going to do your job and you have to have the confidence, you know, and sometimes, I mean, these shooters today are so damn good. I mean, they can, you know, that short side is the, that that short side over the shoulder is kind of the the seven hole now and um uh man we see a lot of goals going there so but anyway um i i just think that it's important for goaltenders to to know what a defenseman's going to do wherever they are on the ice yeah yeah a- absolutely and the other cool thing that happened um after the game in the room that was some Great chirping by everybody, back and forth. That was some quality fellowship, and I appreciate you allowing me to be a part of that. That was a lot of fun. And um, got to spend some quality time with your better half and had no idea. And she said to me at one point, yeah, when I got married, and I looked at her and I said, wait a minute, to who? (laughs) And she said, Craig, congratulations, (laughs) man. Uh, yeah, um, that happened up in Wisconsin and, you know, we, uh, <clears throat> to keep it short, you already know the story of, uh, uh, Kim had said to me one day, she goes, uh, I have an idea. And I said, really <laughs> shocker. <laughs> and, uh, she goes, what about ring daddy? Now ring daddy is a nickname from one of my buddies up there and been good friends for a long, long time. And she goes, what if ring daddy married us? I'm like, what? And she, so anyway, we called him up and it, it, to my surprise, there wasn't even a hesitation. He says, yeah, I'll do it. And I'm like, oh no. And so he went and got ordained. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, yeah. And so we picked out a spot or Kim picked out a spot in, um, in my hometown in Eagle river called the Chanticleer Inn and real nice place on the water that we stop at all the time has really good old fashions. And they got a little place outside that's got brats and beer and all that kind of stuff in it. It's on a very small little narrow channel that's between lakes. And so there's a lot of boat traffic and a lot of people there. So it's always a stop for us a couple times, a couple, two, three times a day when we're on the boat. But um, anyway, and, and we didn't tell anyone. And it was like, and I'm in my hometown and nobody knew about it. And as a matter of fact, we had to do the, uh, the courthouse thing, you know, where you sign the papers. I don't know what the hell that's called, but all that kind of stuff, um, in a different town, because we knew if we would have done it in my hometown, cause we didn't get up, we got up to Wisconsin, like, I don't know, maybe two, three days before it happened. And so we had to get all that stuff done in Wisconsin. And there's all these other kind of things apparently you got to do when you're out of state. So anyway, um, so we had, it was kind of secret. And so, the only ones who I really knew was my brother and his wife and we kept it that way. And then other people came in after and they were all kind of surprised too. So, but, but it went off the way that we wanted it to. And, um, you know, and there you go. Congratulations, man. That's uh yeah. that's awesome. She's terrific. So, and I'll just leave it. She at can that. hang, right? She can oh, hang. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I should have Ubered. 
Yes. And she likes the Harley. I and speaking of Uber, I I said that to you that night. That that's where I want to get our our uh, organization, our alumni thing. You know, we do these events and we get together and things like that. And we we need to we need to get together with some kind of ride company where yes. you know you're doing these kind of things. As a matter of fact, we're gonna have the Oilers. Uh, we're gonna have a dinner with those guys on the Friday night uh, before we we play them after the Stars play uh, that afternoon game, and so we'll have a dinner and stuff like that there. And those guys will all be taking cabs and shuttles and things like that. But I'm thinking we need it for us guys. Like we're there quite a bit. So yeah, um, yeah, no. absolutely. It was a blast and a great fundraiser, and it was great to uh, see all the uh, guys playing. It was just a, it was a lot of fun. I encourage everyone to go to Stars alumni games because. You guys are super far, uh, fan friendly. It was just a real, real cool event. It was great to see so many Stars fans uh, supporting you guys as well. All right, Coach Ludwig, how do you fix um, being shorthanded? You were so good in the league at one point, and now it is just completely flip script. Yeah, you know what though, I I, I think that you're gonna. <clears throat> Dallas has been really good shorthanded, right? I mean, and again, it it your best pen, penalty killer has got to be your goaltender, and so and that's you know that's league wide everybody knows that and but you know there were there were some just abouts there but again when you look at the opponent and there's a lot of money out there yes. marner matthews nylander you the, know so Tavares. you you've got top Tavares. you've got top dogs out there and and they what did they score one in 10 seconds 12 seconds they move it around yep they all have good one timers and i think as a um as a penalty killer you know today's day is where you, you you're aggressive and it used to be when we played when we or at least when we first started you play a box and you just kind of stand there and you'd want them to <clears throat> move it around the perimeter and and things like that now it's an aggressive kill and the idea is to take time and space away and you know you got obviously way better players today's game that can move the puck crisp. And all of a sudden when we were, when we wanted to play aggressive, our, our kind of key to go back to a box is when we're getting to a point and the puck's moving past us and the next guy gets to a point and the puck's moving past us, let's get back to, to be in a tight box. Let's try to, you know, get in shot lanes and things like that. Cause all we're doing is chasing it. We're like that. The analogy I use with our players all the time is like, if they ever watch YouTube, it's like that cat, where you got that pen light, you know, you're flashing around on the floor and there's always a cat chasing it and you can never catch it. And and that's what it looks like sometimes. So, you know, there was one in particular there. I, I think one might've gone through Hawk and Pa. Um, you know, he kind of yeah. went down to block it on one knee. I, I, it, so from a goaltender standpoint, uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, those are tough for him because not only are they trying to stop the shot, but it's going through traffic in front. But like, like I was going to say, <laughs> you know, the best way to fix that stay out of the box. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the no brainer thing to say, but Dallas has been very good. And, and um, you know, don't they lead the league in shorthanded goals? Uh, yes. I, I think, or at yeah, least they're, they're among the top. The tops, so, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think you can take one night. You just, sometimes you have to chalk it up um, <clears throat> to, uh, to the opponent. And when you're, when you're loaded, they're loaded for bear when they get on that power play. And, and I'm sure there's conversations going into the game, during the game, before the game, let's stay out of the box. You know, they, they can be deadly. And their power play hasn't been clicking the way you probably would think it would be as far as Toronto goes, you know, with all that talent out there last night, they got it together. Um, so, but for me, it comes, it really comes into shot lanes. And and you have to, I did this with Holly a lot when we played against Brett and just watching video one day. And 
I brought in our defense coach and Rick and I, Rick Wilson, and I talked and I said, hey, I want you to watch when Holly's on the other side of the ice. Like not on his one timer side, kind of like where the, you know, the Nylanders, the Matthews, they like to get those one timers away. Well, and, and Robertson does and Hintz mm-hmm. does and everybody does. <clears throat> um, and what you'd, what you'd see is how he was disinterested. He was disinterested in what was going on in the power play because he wanted them to get the puck to the other side of the ice so he could be set up on his one timer. And this is right when we were kind of starting to be an aggressive power play. That's where it maybe started to change a little bit more and other teams were. I said, watch Holly. Like, he just stands over there. He's like, he's pissed off at the other guys saying, no, I want the puck over there, and I'm going to go to my spot. And I just said, Wills, why don't we just go into a box and let's stop him and let's let him control the puck on that side of the ice that Brett doesn't want it on. And all of a sudden what we did, and people have tried this, you know, Against Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, so, and they haven't had real good success. And I think that's because players are so much better at moving the puck. But at the time when we were doing it, um, it worked because when you think about it, same thing with Ovechkin, Ovechkin doesn't move. I mean, it's really a four on four at a point, or you can go ahead and try to take over your way. And now you're playing a four on three, so to speak. So, um, you know, or, or I should say a three, four on three or four in, instead of a five on four. So anyway, but it really, bec- it comes down to shot lanes. I mean, you, you have to, you can't go stand next to a guy because they move it too well. And, you know, everybody out there can move the puck around and they can score. So, you know, and if you're going to be in a shot lane, you got to pay the price to get hit with it. Because if you don't, a lot of times it happens with what happened to Hawk and Pa. Uh, and, and my opinion is I would prefer, again, I, I don't think they suggest this anymore. I would prefer that you go down. I want you to go down and take up the bottom two to three feet of the ice. And that way, at least your goaltender can see above you. Yes. Whereas you kind of go halfway, you stand there and you're, you're in a shot lane. It, it's hard for these goaltenders to, to see through you, you know, get their timing of something coming across the ice where a player is trying to hit it on that one timer. So just for instance, that Hawk and Paw one, and especially being a big guy, he goes down. And, you know, with his body and you kind of lay side where you got to take it. It's going to hurt at times, but, but you take it, uh, make sure your head's away from the side that, you know, the, the, the shooter's taking the shot from. So if he's a righty, you want your head going the opposite direction when you go down and, you know, you get hit in the, in the chest, you get hit in the, you know, the hip and the, or the shin pads, if you're lucky, but at least your goaltender can, can see the shot or at least pick it up. I, I know with Eddie, <clears throat> you know, with Belfour, Eddie wasn't, didn't like it a lot. And, and we understood that and we just had a good talk. And, but anyway, Eddie would now, I remember with Al McInnes and guys like that, that could really hit it. And there would be late in the game. It didn't have to be a, a penalty kill. It'd be a late in the game, extra attacker. Eddie would come out of the crease and we're just getting ready to take the face off. And he tapped me in the, in the back and he goes, Luds, you take the bottom. I'll take the top. And I was like, oh shit, good. That that's Matt, that that's Al McInnes out there. Ooh. And who had one of the hardest shots in the league at the time. And so, um, but, but again, it's like you get on the same page with your goaltender. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, is there any time when it doesn't hurt? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There, I think honestly <clears throat> it's 50, 50, 60, 40, um, because you get hit in the right spots. You get where the pads are. Um, <clears throat> and the protection today is so much, so much better than <laughs> obviously what it used to be. And then even with us, I mean, I had new, uh, new pants for our, we played a, a noon game yesterday and I, one of the guys from Bauer got me some new pants and, and 
I was in the room prior to it cutting all pads out, except for the five pads. Really? Like you, yeah, you have pads in your hips and you have them on your backside and tailbone and you, they're padded, padded, padded. <clears throat> so there's a way lot more padding and I don't know what players do today, but for me personally, I didn't like it. I, it just was too restricting for me. And so I, as a matter of fact, my, my shoulder pads, I went along, I started cutting the shoulder pads out and you'd put Velcro on just the caps, the shoulder caps, and that's all you'd wear. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it wasn't smart, but, um, but anyway, um, uh, but the, the protection today is, you know, high quality stuff. So, yeah. but it should be, I mean, you're, you're talking about protecting players, um, you know, that are making, you know, six to 10, $12 million a year. Sure. So the black, the black, and that's, and again, that's where things have changed also is those high dollar forwards and defensemen for the most part, weren't killing penalties back in the day because, you know, general managers and owners are like, why do I want Sergei Zubov getting hit in the foot and taking a chance? Why do I want Mike Madano getting hit in the hand and, you know, and, and maybe break a finger or something like that. So, you know, it was the rest of us that would kill penalties because, you know, <laughs> we're disposable. And, but again, that's, that's changed. And, um, although <laughs> if you're going to kill, you still have to, you know, I mean, didn't, didn't Rubeg drilled a couple times last night, you mm -hmm. know, on the, on the power play. So it's funny forwards don't, don't have a problem getting hit in front of the other goaltender, especially when the puck goes in the net, yeah. because you know, it's just another goal for him. Then it, right. it doesn't hurt as bad that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Did you notice the adjustment from Toronto first period? It was kind of a back and forth. Thought the Stars actually had a really good period and then felt as though Toronto played that fourth line more um, yeah. and a lot more physicality in that second period. But, from yeah, the I'll Leafs. tell you what, Gavin, that's not so much as an adjustment as it is the coach being pissed off at the top players. Interesting. And <clears throat> The only thing that you can take away from players today is their ice time. I mean, they have too much. They may, they may not too much. They make money and they have the power. And, and so the only way sometimes to get a message through that you need to start playing better, start playing the right way is they miss a couple shifts. And, and then what happens is now all of a sudden as third and fourth line players, they get out there. And next thing you know, they're, they're going back a shift later. Then they're going back a shift later. And now they really start talking to each other because, hey, we're going, he's got us going. Now we're, our minutes are going to go from eight to 10 minutes to 14 or 15. And we got a better chance at, you know, putting some points on the board. And at the same time, the top guys are getting all pissed off and they're at home. So, you know how that goes. And they just came off the all-star game. They were on center stage and all that other kind of stuff. It's a way of sending a message. And then the next time, you know, they get out there. And they do some of the little, little bit more dirty work. They'll, they'll go to the front of the nets. They'll be banging around in the corners. They'll, they'll, you know, hit a couple more people that they probably wouldn't hit. A little extra effort here and there because they want to make sure that they get their 20, 24 minutes a night. And, and that's, you know, that's how coaches get the attention of not, not just the top guys, but more importantly, the top guys, because at the end of the day, they really do for the most part, have the outcome of the hockey games. Right. So, um, you know, so they're, that, that's just a way to send, send a signal, you know, because the yelling and screaming only works to a point and you get even, even, you know, and, and Sheldon Keith has been there for, you know, years. And so there's a lot of those guys that have been there with them. And then sometimes that's why coaches get fired every two to three years because they, the GMs and owners think that the message is going deaf and you're hearing the same voice. We need a new voice. We need a new voice. Um, so, I mean, half the coaches already been fired from last year. 
I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. The way they, they roll through coaches around here, but you know, look at what happened to, to in Edmonton. I mean, they get what 15, 20 games or whatever it was into the season. Um, they didn't come out of the shoot the way they expected to. All the players got there early, started working out before they normally would. And they were awful. <clears throat> and they were the same team. The coach was the same team from last year. He didn't get dumber over the summer. And he had the, basically the same players. But it's, you know, at some point they believe that it's a new voice. And Knobloch comes into Edmonton. And next thing you know, they're tap dancing with, you know, matching Philly at 17, which they fell a game short. But um, and, and whenever that started happening, how many years ago, you know, they were doing it in New Jersey. Larry Robinson came in, you know, and he'd come in 15 games before the playoffs started. And then they'll go on to win a Stanley cup, you know? And so, so I think they believe in, you know, they're, they're you you gotta, you gotta change the, the, the lead singer at times. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they do. And, and, and like I said before, you know, they say you never get a second chance to make a first impression and, and really, sometimes you do because now all of a sudden, if you're that bubble guy or that third or fourth line guy, and you know you think you should be a second line guy or you should be killing penalties, well, a new guy comes in and goes, well, "Why the hell hasn't this guy been playing?" Because now you look at it and go, "Hey, this guy doesn't know who I really am." I mean, yeah, they know who I am, but I haven't played for him before. I have a chance to go out and show him I deserve a few more minutes, yeah. and you know, and that's why sometimes coaches come in, and next thing you know, look at the kid in. Um, in Van in uh, Vancouver, Kuzmenko, I mean, scored 39 goals last year. Taka comes in this year as a new head coach. They're you know right sitting at the top of the league, and he wasn't doing what Taka liked, and was sitting out games and almost a 40 goal scorer last year. Yep. Well, he sits there and he's traded. Yep. And then and then he, and and what's going to happen? He's probably going to be a good player in Calgary. You know, because new voice, new situation, learn something. So it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I will say, Luds, and maybe it's old school of me, but watching Jake, Jake McCabe last night of Toronto on that blue line, I'm like, I wouldn't mind one of those guys on the Stars blue yeah. line. Yeah, you know, just fired yeah, I, up, I know blood dripping. It's old school. I know that, but probably doesn't sit well with analytics. But at the same time, I'm like, man, was he fired up last night? I didn't. I yeah, didn't but you see know, you know what, what he is. Did. It's like he's the kind of guy that you want at playoff time. Yes, you know that that those are the. Whether it's a forward or defenseman, that's what you're looking to add when teams add. You know, if Dallas does something, they're going to add depth, right? I mean, they have something that they believe in, uh, the way that they play, and um, so I, I don't think that Dallas will will tinker a lot with it. If they do, it'll be depth, and and obviously, if they do make a move, I I, I mean, I think everybody would kind of agree that it's probably going to be some kind of a defenseman, whether it's a top six defenseman or you know a bubble five six defenseman that can add depth and um because you know you, you go it's a long it's it's a long tough road going through the playoffs if you're gonna go you know make your make your way to the finals and guys get hurt and but when again I, I always say I mean this this is the time of the year that's the time of the year when you play the same guys every other day for two weeks and, and so that's why rivalries are and where they're built because now you're competing against, you know, generally, you know, teams like matching lines a lot of times. And so top guys are going against certain people and, and that's where the battles come. And that's the, you know, the, the attrition sets in and um, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, you get those kind of defensemen that they end up going out there and they play against top lines or at least the second line. And, you know, they can be hard on players and they can make it difficult for players. And, 
and you, you actually try to you try to push them out of the game or try to push them out of a series. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've seen a few times this year that worries me is top lines of other teams are having great games against the Stars. And yeah. that I'm seeing and that. late. Yeah. And late. Yes. That's what worries me is 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 the, the, the goals that are being scored, it's it seems like that they're later in the game. That you know, when you want to put a you know, put your foot on their throat and right and, and crush it. And and uh, you know, being able to climb back into a game or being able to, you know, extend the lead a little bit to where you go, oh man, you know, now there's a two goal lead with you know two and a half minutes to go. So it's a, a bigger hill to climb. So you know, we've talked about that before. I mean, I, otherwise, I mean, <clears throat> for me, I mean, it's a it, it's a team that can score goals. We know that. But but again, the, things change when you get to the playoffs. And it doesn't mean that they can't tighten things up. But, you know, it looks like they've got their way. And, they're, you know, now they're they're flirting with, you know, that that number one spot. So, you know, I, I would say let's try to tighten some things up somehow. And if that's bringing in a player or whatever it may be, because, you know, you're in that window now where, you know, you're looking 25, 30 games and we're going to, it's playoff time. Yep. All right. On to Montreal on Saturday. And I've never asked you this. When you watch Montreal versus Dallas, are you neutral? No, no. I, you know what? <clears throat> and that's, I'm actually got to, I got to re, I got to figure out how to say that. I'm, I'm going to Montreal. I know. Um, for yeah. a card thing here in Lake uh, May or something like that. So, but, but, you know, I've been here for so long. Okay. I stayed here. Um, <clears throat> it was a great, you know, it was a great, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I would have played as long as I did, if I wouldn't have started in Montreal, I learned so much. And, and I think, you know, in Montreal, you end up playing under the, you know, the microscope, so to speak. I mean, not only play, but practice. And so every, everything is a different level. Um, but no, I'm, I'm Dallas. You know, <clears throat> and to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of neutral. I mean, all the time, I, I just look for a good game and I, mm-hmm. and I hope that I see things that, that can get the Dallas team to the playoffs. Montreal has been climbing a mountain. It seems like forever, you know, as far as personnel and, um, you know, getting their game where they want it to be. And they've had players come in and they had a goaltender that was there for a long time. He runs into injuries and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, it, for me at times, it's, it's not hard to see. Um, but you know, there's a fan base that, they know the game so well it's a different fan i think all fan bases are different than when we played i mean but montreal it used to be i mean i remember when i first got there it was all suits and ties and you know the 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 derby hats and they knew when to boo and and when they i mean they were like coaches and so um but again it's let's just say it was the dallas cowboys of the nhl yeah um you know so um but anyway, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to going there and doing that little thing for a night and stuff like that. But yeah, when I, I'm still Dallas, you know, when nice. when they play each other, will the Montreal Stanley Cup ring be traveling with you? Oh, that's a good question. I never even thought about that. I probably should take that now that you. I I don't like doing it because you got to go through customs. You oh, got to you can't point. wear any. You know the, yeah. the security, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I probably. Ah, boy, it's not a good thing you brought that up. I probably should, probably should take that one with me. I just don't want you Um, to lose it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I have a tendency of doing that. (laughs) You can't really make those again. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, all right. Well, 
Hopefully they'll be uh, better against uh, uh, Montreal. You predicted this. You said they were playing Buffalo and they'd probably beat Buffalo. You thought Toronto would be a real tough one. I agree. Yeah, with you but on that them. Buffalo game wasn't a gimme, was it? No, that no. that was. Uh, they that have was some pieces for me. They you have know, some I, pieces, Craig. I, I know they haven't been able to put it together, but man, I was watching that team and I was like, "Wow, there's some really good players on that Buffalo squad." Yeah, I mean, they've been, and and again, they've been, they had high hopes there in Buffalo. I mean, you know, being a playoff team this year, and you know, Thompson missed a few games, got had an injury, but but um, now they're talking about what they're going to sell, which mm-hmm. is always how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I and I said that. Well, Buffalo's not not in the same category. So, you know, that being said, that 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 was a Nostradamus predicting that they would beat <laughs> Buffalo. But I just thought it wouldn't be as difficult as it was. It was a good thing that it's a good thing that Otter was what he was. Yes, because that that was a game that they two points they could have lost. Yeah, and, great uh, sign. <clears throat> you know, so I, I expect the same thing in Montreal. Uh, I expect them to. You know, again, that that's a game and a team. Don't be don't be rattled if you come out of the second or third period and you're not up by two or three goals. Agreed. You know, and yeah. just don't. You should be, but don't. And you'll eventually you'll get you'll get that goal against that team. Um, I mean, we saw know, Montreal earlier this year how well they played against the Stars here. Yeah. yeah, but see, sometimes teams play well because you allow them to play well. You know, you're you're not because you it, it, sometimes it's a psychological battle. Sometimes, I mean, you you look at the standings, you know, you know how they've been, you know, the players they do and don't have, and and I think it's the biggest challenge for coaches, you know, to be able to say, and again, it's a long season, and um, but I think what what now <clears throat> what you're trying to use. Look at the standings. Like, do we really want to play Colorado in the first no. round? No. Okay. <laughs> so where's your motivation? Does right. Colorado want to play Dallas in the first round? Probably not. Maybe Colorado doesn't matter. But I think immediately is, I mean, I don't get the words out of my mouth. And you're like, no. Yeah. And for good reason. So now you've got, I don't know what, <clears throat> you know what, for the last two months, I'm listening to all these these geniuses on NHL network and you know, the, the radio and all that kind of stuff, picking Winnipeg to, to win that, the, the, that decide. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't see, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I think it was all goaltending, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be an easy out. I don't see Winnipeg being a threat as, as Colorado's and Vegas. And I could go down to Vancouver. Yeah. There's some other ones, but, but, um, but I think what you're trying to preach, it doesn't have to be coming from the coaching staff. It's inside. Let's get our, th- let's get things the way it's supposed to be because, you know, let, let's let somebody else beat Colorado. Not that we can't beat them in a series, but I would prefer that somebody else knocks Colorado out than, you know, have to go against, you know, McCard and, and McKinnon. You know, they got some pretty good players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see a complete game on uh, Saturday. That would be. That would be uh, that would be terrific, and yeah, let's win the division and face uh, St. Louis in the first round. Which St. Louis surprisingly good for Doug Armstrong. Um, he's got that, you know, they got that team playing where currently they're in the wild card hunt. Pretty uh, Army always does. Yeah, he, well, not that Army's playing or coaching, but there there there's a culture there. Yeah, and 
there's you know they're they're like a, they're like a blue collar team they're like st louis right they're like the city yeah um you know you, workers and hard work and all that kind of stuff and hard to play against and you know and then all of a sudden their goaltenders kind of rise from the ashes and um you know you have to you have to be ready when you play that team so um yeah i i, I think that whatever happens in the playoffs you, i mean you always got to prepare for the for the best thing but i and we can look past we can look past the the Montreal game. Um, they can't, but I'm I'm really now look at the next two out of three. And you know, not that they're on the road, but the next two out of three. And what I mean by that is Carolina and Edmonton. Yes. Um, you know, so uh which would be more motivation to to get the two points coming out of Montreal because it, you know, you look at and even Nashville. I mean, I think Nashville's played Dallas fairly well. And but yes, they but have. you come back and you got two two out of three at home and and you got to play Carolina, who seems to have their game together, and Edmonton may be pissed off that they didn't get the 17 games in a row and want to start it all over again. So and then we have a back to back coming up with Boston and the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And, and on it the happens. road. On the road. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had yeah. you down as a plus on Saturday night, not a minus on the ice. And uh the game was tight and they threw you in. <laughs> they kept throwing you in and <laughs> Um, even your lovely yeah, that, wife that, looked at that me and was, said, he's going to be tired. That wasn't supposed to happen. I, I, I kept, I kept saying, listen, 30 years ago, I didn't play this much. And I don't know if you guys have noticed or looked at the team at the other, their average age is 23. So I don't know what we're doing here. You pulled out the victory and that's what matters. He's the two time Stanley cup champion. He's the two time NCAA champion. His name's Craig Ludwig. Always great having him on spits and suds. My man Luds. Have yourself a great rest of the week. All right. Sounds good. All Later. right. That's going to do it for another edition of Spits and Suds. Appreciate all the likes and where you find your favorite podcast. Uh, and if you want to leave a comment, that's awesome as well. Really appreciate it. Ma- massive stick tap to you for supporting Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.